0: Good morning, tacos, and welcome to the 150th Taco Cast. Um, this morning, we are sitting down with Senior Master Sergeant Sander, the first shirt of the wing, for another episode of Hey Shirt Got a Minute. Uh, our guest today is going to be Master Sergeant Oliver, and we're going to be discussing institutional change.
1: Hey guys, this is Senior Master Sergeant Sander, the 150th uh, Wing First Sergeant. I'm here with Master Sergeant Oliver, he's the first sergeant for the operations group. So today we want to talk about change, and specifically we want to talk about how change of leadership, a a change of commander in an organization can affect um, positively or negatively the climate and the morale and the effectiveness of an organization. So, Sergeant Oliver, I know that your organization has recently um, gone through a commander change. And um, you helped your airmen and your organization navigate that successfully. So, I wonder if you could tell us um, how, that, how that went for your people and some of the things that you identified that you needed to help. Sure.
0: Well, uh, first, thanks for, for having me. Uh, yeah, we did experience uh, some significant changes, and some of them are the traditional changes that come with any general change of command. Uh, however, I think in the Guard, the profile we have for our uh, membership and how um, we move with changes of people from active duty coming to our team, uh, switching from unit to unit within a wing, we're accustomed to that. And they're still part of the family. What happens is there's the the anxiety that goes with what are the new expectations going to be? And have we become accustomed to the leadership styles that we've previously seen. Mm -hmm. Um, Some styles are really adaptable, we we don't have concerns about how drastic the changes might be. Um, In my experience, uh, I ended up in the operations group with a a really good historical foundation of friendship, family, um, and yet uh, a very tight-knit group of committed uh, airmen to the mission uh, and it's not just looking at how the, the command changed for that team, but how dynamically uh, impacted the team was when the overall mission changed. And it's the identity that the unit has. Mm-hmm. And how tethered to their identity is the commander. And, um, and the 150th has had some really prolific managers, uh, and they've had some outstanding leaders what the challenge provided for us in growth personally was that uh, while we uh, look for a familiar face sometimes uh, when we get a new commander this was very different this was not a a familiar face this wasn't someone um, in most of our local network and so my job really as it were uh, was to focus on readiness but also monitor morale and uh, just with any uh, commander that's got a good relationship, um, even a long-standing relationship with a number of his members, there's less work for me on um, the building of that rapport. I still have to have that, but if the commander has a rapport, that's outstanding. Anytime that predictably um, behaviors, friendships, uh, life events happen and, and your commander is already uh, two days ahead of everyone else and can anticipate their members' responses to those, that's kind of what I walked into. Um, and so to have the, the dynamic of someone coming in that may not have those relationships with good reason, uh, you know myself included, it's, wow, how, how do I usher in um, the new expectations? I don't know them yet. And how can I, if necessary, um, get the team to be open to any new changes um, and protocols. And I think what's good is, I learned real quick that um, glass half full, we say if there was ever a moment where we were either lackadaisical or we were complacent, if there was ever a time when we just were comfortable, We knew that it wasn't going to be now, and we know that whenever you change that high on an organization, immediately there's a meeting of expectations, and then the member goes home and says, honey, you won't believe this, you know. Um, So we knew that that was going to happen, but my role was, could that be, could I play a role in the transition? Could I get the teams to, to talk one another? Could I get the leaders of the respective organizations and the superintendents could we have uh, conversations that were instead of oh this guy or this guy is going to come in and they're going to change this and it's going to be terrible for us I was just monitoring were they going to still be drinking the blue kool-aid were we going to be big enough to say hey guys uh, change inevitable let's put our big pants on lay some up and let's let's make it work and and we didn't have a lot of time really to adapt to that uh, it's different when sometimes we have um, uh, months and months of of time eh, different circumstances you know but in this case um, we we had a great number of um, team members who were maybe caught off guard by the decisions for the change but immediately started focusing on what That meant for their team members, and there were immediate concerns of you know in operations group like many others, we have people on seasoning days and other bases. We have people deployments. We are integrated with other units who, quite honestly, they know we have some of the best people around, and as you'd expect, you know they uh, they recruit, Um, and so an organizational change like this of this magnitude meant that we had to be very mindful that it could have a ripple effect and and it not only could affect the member's family it could affect his or her uh, ability to see their own future um, their own professional development and were there commitments that um, by reputation warranted that hey if I stick around here another you know five or six years I've got an opportunity here I can maybe you know Do some really cool things and do those opportunities go away necessarily with a new commander these are the real issues and concerns that were on the doorstep and um unsurprisingly there were uh there were some moments where our military bearing was challenged um and uh and but i give credit that that was only um evident because of the the impact um, of the change overall uh, both positive and negative negative. and uh, after minds cooled a little um, in some of the change immediately there was the the concerted effort and maybe the acceptance that even though there may have been outsiders watching what was going on with our uh, our group it was clear that the team decided on some level that we were going to have to repair and put some spackle on this and it had to happen from the inside out. And it was also understood and discussed that uh, for a lot of our junior uh, enlisted and officers, very influenced by watching the responses. We talk about military bearing it's it really is where the rubber meets the road and how you respond to questions and is there group think are there some people who um you know they they don't really have their opinion about a new commander but you know we have to safeguard that hey give this guy or gal a chance and don't just say these things because your supervisor may have had some concerns about you know what's going on so I saw that and um I tried to encourage more of that Some of it was happening in front of me, some of it was happening away from me, but I became very, um, very comforted that we at least had the potential to move on beyond it. Now, how did we receive the new commander? I could tell you our commander uh, didn't have the benefit of our incoming commander, didn't have the benefit of longstanding relationships. And so, they did some of the things that we would expect. Here's here's who I am. Um, I'm not going to change everything overnight. Don't worry, but I am going to assess. I am going to be uh, l- looking at what we do, and more to come. And um, and shortly after that, um, methodically over the drill, it became apparent there was a a plan, and it wasn't. Um, there was no ambiguity about it. Uh, the newer commander came with a higher level of organization, um, organizational uh, impact immediately. That's not to speak to the effectiveness, it's just that it came came like a wave. And when it came, we saw the wave. That part wasn't a surprise, but once we sat down and and listened to the strategy, we listened to the reasoning, um, it uh, it was good. Um, The biggest part of that was that the new commander in positive light knew and expected there would be some resistance or some concerns. Um, but he was very clear that, um, his expectations weren't, weren't going to change, but that also he was, he really needed to understand how they were affecting the organization. Um, he, he it was, it was, um, uh, there were some commitments made on his end and he needed some commitments on our end. But moving to more of how the organization responded and how it impacted us, it was more stressful. Yes, we did have um, a, a couple of months there where I think we we started the the process of saying how many of us can buy into some new philosophies um, and and how how willing is our new commander to see the bigger picture of How we integrate with the wing and the relationships we have with the wing or maybe even the lack of relationships we have with the wing what made it even more challenges challenging is that we had um, we're in the middle of this tfi which in and of itself means we have to monitor our our relationships with our co-located active duty uh, partners how is that and we've had to adapt to in the middle of work processes uh, their changes someone pcs's uh, has a great relationship with our group commander or squadron commanders and then they PCS out and then the next active duty person they're working with maybe has had a previously bad experience with a guard member at some other location and and can we work through those? Those are all the things we're working through simultaneously. Um, so we we had several discussions. Um, we got a, a, a couple of good meetings um, from wing leadership um, and in concert with the the group's superintendents bonding together, I, I really felt like it made us stronger. Uh, our communication improved. Um, I would tell you that we spent longer hours making sure we're okay. And the commander, as you'd expect, uh, I'm sure m- most commanders have those moments where uh, they feel alone, and they should in some cases anyway, but at some point, the conversations amongst us away from the commander start to lessen and they become less aggressive. They become more of, all right, we're going to prevail and we're going to hold the standard irrespective of what's going on. And we just have to either make sure if you're a team member of ours and you're having a difficult time with this, it's happening. We want you to be on board and we still need to see 200% of you. But if you know that you can't, respectfully, we understand that. We will help you with that too. Um, it's a harder call, but we had a couple like that too. And as you'd expect, um, we, we lost some. We lost some team members, um, and predictably that was going to happen. Um, but even with some of those losses, there were some new opportunities. There's some new blood, there's some neutrality that we had that we didn't have before. And the positive of it was that in short time, uh, certainly not perfect situation, but in short time, uh, the new commander had established uh, the the credibility needed um, to get the main team members um, and flight leads right on point. Um, So that part was really good. It took some time, but we we got there.
1: So do you think that a change of command in a guard unit is more imp- impactful to the, the sense of cohesion um, than it would be in an active duty unit where they might be more accustomed to personnel rotations?
0: Absolutely. W- without question, it can be a game changer. Um, unlike active duty where, like you say, we expect those changes, we, the approaches deal with it. Okay. Uh, it's short term. It even means that some leaders, at the highest of levels, I've seen, they make decisions that suggest they won't be here long enough to see the fruits of their labor. We knew right away we were going to feel this short and long term, and uh, I think what what we saw um, was almost uh, a regrowth. It was kind of a pruning. I'll give you an example: we had a. Sometimes our student flight, we have members that are there for a while and we've always tried to, to get those team members into the units during drill weekends, if time allows, if mission allows. But what I saw in some of our senior NCOs were really pushing the effort to say, this is part of our healing process. It's part of our refortifying. This is our fiber. We all take a lot of, of uh, pride and, and we have a lot of gratitude when we were able to see the growth of some of these new people coming in, it became a part of the, uh, the the new message, our new story. And so while we're focused on the new objectives and this new leader, uh, what what's clear is even if the ops group commander was going to be here one year, two year, 10 years, we decided in our actions, we need to build for the long game. We hoped that this would be a good fit we were ambitious that um, whatever hurdles were there, we'd all be professional enough to keep flying them hard, to keep uh, uh, building, to to uh, training still should be at the same, if not better, levels than they were. Um, but there was a preservation of the very core of our team, and I have to believe that that's because it became obvious to us that we're we're part of the long the long game, um, and I. I've seen that before, but I think it was more—it um, was more evident in what we what we saw with this new commander.
1: I keep what I keep hearing from you is the unit itself internally decided. We know what our mission is. We know what our standards are. We will, as a team, be resilient, and we will continue to to maintain our standards and meet our mission. So that's almost um a positive outcome of what caused some unit anxiety would you would you say that was
0: I'd agree with that uh, because that wasn't a message we had before now, I can't underplay that the the previous direction, the previous team we really can't say anything bad about it. Mm-hmm. It was very effective um I would say you know with with uh, well over 30 years of military experience, I've seen some really good leaders. I, I think that I could reasonably say with general criteria, I can tell the difference between not so much a good or a bad leader, but an effective one. We went from an effective leader to an effective leader. Nice. Um, but the components were different, and uh, the stakes were different. Ultimately, um, the the discussion uh, ongoing about um, less from healing and group resilience to more of, we know who we are. Let's just go back and and, and raise our banner. Let's remind, even in, in, in bigger sport, let's remind the rest of the wing, in case someone forgot, we've always been here. And we're not just putting a bookmark in this because we have a new commander. And it's not because he's just a a great commander. We know what our mission is with respect to everyone else. And that identity in place, it was more of just making sure we're taking care of us first. Um, This is the same way that uh, I like to think about my, uh, I have an older sister. And sometimes we get in trouble. And uh, my parents would uh, probably be disappointed if any of us did something we shouldn't have. But the only thing worse than that is um, showing a lack of teamwork, <laughs> better to be punished together, uh, suffer together, than, than <laughs> to turn on each other. Um, and uh, I don't know if my sister would agree, but the, the whole thing is any of these circumstances, uh, good or bad, long and short term, if they generate better communication among the team members, if they encourage um, a reprioritizing of what's important, um, if it. Lets us think about our investment level in the airmen we serve uh in the uh both enlisted and officer in, in taking care of members and their families I'd say yeah this this whether you like to call it divine intervention uh um, whether we call it a symbolic retribution, whatever you call it, we did it, we're still doing it, it has purpose and um and and I think it gives us. A legitimate hope that if we can overcome these kinds of changes, we're pretty sure that we can handle anything anybody else throws mm-hmm. over the fence. Mm-hmm. I'm sure of that.
1: The, it sounds to me the way that you explained that is that um, your team drew on their joint history, their joint legacy, to remind themselves of of what their purpose is, and so I wonder having drawn on that and successfully navigating this if you do you think that your unit that cohesion is even stronger have you have you stressed that that muscle and so now you're stronger
0: i i think so okay. uh i i have to tell you we um one of the things that really uh it's not popular with some people but it, it's great to have not so much enemies but certainly adversaries it's great to know who combatants are. And sometimes those combatants are heavy combatants one day, light ones on another. It really is us against the world. It's It means that our discussions about taking care of one another um, after six o'clock, uh, after we're off the, the helicopter, um, PME, um, EPRs, we are we are in a building mode, and it's less about self preservation. It's about group and honor preservation. You go through any ops group um, and go through, especially uh, at headquarters, you're going to see usually lots of aircraft. We're proud of what we fly. You'll see some smiling faces. You, you go through here, you'll see uh, AFE, some pictures of people doing uh, non combat. Survival training, and uh, although it's intense, they they take care of each other as good or better than any any other group I've seen out here. Um, You look at these things happening, they don't happen in a vacuum, they don't happen singularly on a UTA. I literally see them happening PRF 2, I see them happening in airfield management, I see them happening in the CSS room, Um, and they, they happen on a level that tells you we're moving in a not just a, a lateral, but an upward direction. So much so that it becomes more important that the, the faces matter less because we all get the mission. It still means we're connected. It still means that we look forward to seeing each other on drill weekends or even during the week sometimes, but we're, we're at that point where uh, we've got enough momentum. Uh, we have uh, enough of a, a defense a natural defense uh, against uh, all enemies, foreign and domestic, truly, uh, outside of our team. We are willing to to extend the olive branch for those who, who come bearing gifts or, or, or bearing uh, good tidings, but realistically, I, I think the team is um, it's not where immaturity. It will be. Um, we're still not done with this, but we are in a place where there's pride, You're, you'll see that um, some time ago, it's kind of funny, some time ago we had, um, we wanted to have a our own chant. Some of the groups, have, we've had chants before, your regular call and response. And uh, w- one of the best demonstrations of, of what uh, needed to happen for part of our move forward was, we wanted during an awards presentation to have a chance, but rather than rush it, because someone wanted to rush us, we just didn't have it together, and we said, "This is ours. We own this. This is something we're going to live with for a while. So it needs to be good. Needs to be reflective of where we are, our impact." And so uh, we had we had a, an award ceremony where there were two of us that were being recognized, and uh, it was our own personal inside joke that we didn't have a chance. And some of the other groups felt really good about themselves because they went above and beyond to make sure they had the longest or the loudest. And that was great. But the mistake is some people interpret our silence as a lack of cohesion when actually it was not. It was the loudest of statements for us. And it wasn't uh, a long standing, well planned, executed. It wasn't that way. It was simply that opportunity came and we were on the same page because we were in the same place as a team. Um moving forward, yes, we will have our own chant and yes, we'll be out there like everyone else, but these things happen um organically for us. I think that we are definitely leaders in the pack. We have always been um some of the geographical changes that have, you know, happened over the the years place us in a place that's not as visible, in some cases, if you're used to seeing us parched right next to the wing, Um, but it doesn't need to be that way. We say whether we're in two buildings or 10, we're still the operations group, we're still 200%, and you can expect us to take the serious approach to mission accomplishment. So uh, we're we're in a, a great championship team it's almost uh, like we've got some great rookie recruits coming in, but we also have some some of us that, you know, we've got the uh, 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 the, 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 the ointment on the knees. <laughs> we, we know our time's coming up, and, and there's a great handoff there, and we see more of the development of this team, but we also say this is, this is more of a relay. This really is a passing of baton within our operations group and uh, when that time comes, I am most certainly uh, confident that, that it's going to happen the way it should. I think we've left enough meat on this bone uh, to, to share with uh, the, the generations of ops group members to come.
1: It sounds to me like one lesson I could take from this experience that you're explaining is patience as an organization. Adjusts to a major change. Mm-hmm. Um, the chant example really speaks to patience as your people acclimate and adjust. And it's you don't have to rush that. You you get to let people take their time, adapt, and learn. And it's probably a more positive outcome if you can if you can. Um, convince yourself to be patient organizationally would you say that's true